Yo, what's up and welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast, episode 67. Episode 67 and yes, we are back every single week. It's happening. Flynn, come, how you doing, come. bro? Let's go. I'm so excited about that. Uh, we get to dive in and talk about the week and all that. But um, I'm good, bro. I'm real good. Uh, things are good. Uh, I am very tired, but I'm ready to record this podcast. Let's get it. Yep. Hey, I think we're both pretty tired. My bank account's tired. I've had to spend all this money on these sensors. Uh-oh. Cars, they're the worst. And um, that's okay. We blessed and we still got favored. Hey, highly favored. Let's go. That being said, bro, to Lynn. It's snowing what's up, man? over here. It's snowing over here. Yeah, it's snowing over here too, bro. And you know what's crazy about the snow? It's like we get it sometimes, and it's either super good or it's terrible. Like, like the this. snow we had, snow we had last year was just like it was good snow because you got to like know for sure you're in the work. So the night before, you're like, hey, I'm going. I know for sure I'm not going. Uh, I'm gonna play hard tonight as if I'm not going. Meaning we're gonna get the quads out. We're gonna go ham in the snow because we're not going to work the next day. We don't um, get the we don't really get the quads out over here, bro. <laughs> but, but this time, bro, they it played with us. It gave us that little, you know. Oh, it's gonna snow and there's you know flurries here and there, and and yeah. so it, they played with us for sure. They did play us, bro. All I, this is all I know. All right, that if it's gonna snow, it has to really snow. And the snow we got to yeah, the snow we got this year is whack. I mean, snow we got was was trash for sure. Tra- it's trash, no. And people are like, it's gonna snow again. Also, let's talk about this hot topic. But weathermen just get paid for being wrong. <laughs> like, for real. That is very true because last week, last Friday, I left work with the anticipation that it was gonna snow every single day this week. Every day. That it is. snowed twice this week. <laughs> so um, they lied on how long it was supposed to snow, what yep. days it was supposed to snow, how cold it was supposed to get. And that's pretty frustrating. It's it's terrible. So all I know is that my car is in ice right now, and it could get stuck. So we got to hurt now I'm playing. But <laughs> I, don't, man, I don't know what's going to happen with all that. That two-wheel drive, bro. You got to get rid of that. I know, but I just I love – in the summer, it's a dream. I'm just kidding, dude. I drive a two-wheel drive car, too. Oh, yeah. Well, your car is even – like your your car is like a true – Two wheel drive. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere in that. <laughs> no Not way. at all, bro. It's low to the ground too. It's a wrap. It's over. Yeah, you you tried to dust me when we recorded together, and you did. So I tried to dust you. you used to be, yeah, you was gone on me. Yeah, I just had to drop it in fourth. Is this stick shift? It's a manual. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, you only drive manuals. I don't only drive manuals, but I like to. Yeah, I can't do that. It's too much focus. I'll teach you how to drive a stick. No, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend's dad's been trying to teach me. Uh, and not that, like, he hasn't, but I just, I'm kind of avoiding it low-key because I just. It's you got to learn, bro. You got to be a manly man. Yeah, that's toxic masculinity, <laughs> bro. All I'm saying is the only time where I could see a stick shift being actual valuable is in the zombie apocalypse. Why? What other time will I have to drive a stick shift besides the zombie apocalypse? But why would you have to drive a stick shift in the zombie apocalypse? Because it's like, oh, all these cars don't work. Dang. (laughs) The stick shift worked, though. 
And then <laughs> you get safe from the zombie apocalypse, bro. Oh man, that's hilarious. I can obviously yeah, so you talk. definitely you definitely gotta learn how to drive one because it's coming soon. So that's what I heard. I'll bro, I just I can't do it. It's just too much and all the you know it's, it's not just, that hard, bro. And it's... everyone I know that drives besides you and like a couple people are just tools. They're like, look what I can do, brother. And they're just like going in and out. And I remember <laughs> driving the first time I got behind a car um, with a person driving a stick and the way that he was gearing up and stuff. And, you know, he's like looking at me and he's, you know, on the highway and he's like, girls <laughs> like guys who can drive stick. And I'm like, okay, bro. I don't know if that's true, man. <laughs> I'm on these ladies' names. That's funny, bro. Oh, all right. Anyway, stick shift or not, snow is not for the brothers, and it's not coming out this year. So we'll put the snow to bed, let the rain keep coming. We'll see the sun in April. You know how it goes. Yep. Anyway, Talin, bro, I heard it's uh, I heard you're traveling. I heard you're going on a little vacation, man. Finally getting some rest. Yeah, bro. So I'm going on vacation this tomorrow morning. I leave for Vegas for my buddy's wedding, um, and his his wife lives out there or fiance, I should say, uh, lives out there and, and they're going to uh, get married on Saturday and I'm in his wedding. One of my best friends since high school. That's awesome. um, we also, uh, I've never flown before. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Till it, how old are you? 26. Till it, you've gone 26 years of life and you've never been on an airplane? Never been on an airplane, bro. Every time we've traveled, it's either been by bus or car we've always been on the road or water we travel (laughs) by water but i've never traveled um never traveled on on a plane what never my family wasn't one for vacations growing up if we did do vacations it was always like seaside oregon or california and we would always do a road trip and so we never we never had need to to go on a plane and the one time i was supposed to go on a plane when I was like 11 and go to Mississippi, the trip got canceled. So I, I'd never been on one. That's so interesting. So I don't even know how the airport's going to work tomorrow. Honestly. All right. So that's what you're going to do, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna help you out. You're going to pull Yeah, up. help me. You got to show up at least like an hour and a half early. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday. All right. So you you should be good if you, if you show up an hour ahead. Thursday's not the craziest day ever. All right. You're going to go through. Make sure that you keep all your like, technology stuff in your backpack because you know what i'm saying like and easily accessible because going to tsa you're gonna have to take your shoes off you're gonna have to take your jacket off you're gonna have to take your hat off and you have to take out every single like a thing that's bigger than a phone technology you have to take it out okay also don't pack those big shampoos bro or your host they don't think you're a terrorist no joke i really they're like what do you have in this thing and I was like, it's just hair wash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to wash my hair on vacation, bro. <laughs> I'm just trying to wash my hair. And he was like, he was like, all right, well, we're going to have to throw this away. And I was like, are you serious? And they were no joke. Like, they, no joke. They tossed they, your hair wash. They threw, they, they threw away the boy's hair wash. Can I bring my lotion? Um, No. Unless you're checking a bag, which you're probably not. I'm not checking now. I'm carrying on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you probably can don't I. Have... Can I bring my deodorant? Yes, you can bring your deodorant. Jeez, dude. Yeah, you can. You can't bring your deodorant, but yeah, it gets weird. It gets real weird. So, all I'm saying, bro, is you're gonna enjoy travel, but the number one thing, bro, is make sure you get that aisle seat, even if you have. I'll see. Even have, okay. Even have you have to finesse it. A lot of people okay. think the window seat's the best, but the aisle seat you get to. No matter what, you have an easy path to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You're you're a tall dude, so you got to stretch out your legs a little bit. It's only two hours though, so I'm not like super. I'm not super, like, worried about an aisle seat in case I have to use the restroom or something, you know? Yeah. But that's the thing, bro, is I had one I had one flight where I was on the edge seat. I didn't go to the bathroom the whole flight. But you had to use it. Oh, I used it bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a herder. I was like, Jesus. What do I do? He's like, love others as you would love yourself. So I didn't get up because I felt like it would be, you know what I mean? It hurt. It hurt. It hurt bad, bro. Uh, that's tough. It, it was big tough. Big tough. Yeah, but, hey, man, that, those are my flight tips. I guess another flight tip would be um, don't buy anything at the airport because it's super expensive. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about doing uh, breakfast there if I get there too early. Sounds like Taylor Murray's taking me there. My flight doesn't. My flight doesn't come till 11:44, and I'm showing up there at nine. Is that too early? Wait, when's your flight leave? Say it again. 11:44. And you're showing up at nine. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll just be there longer. <sighs> you just never know, because TSA can be. I got this thing called Clear, so when mm-hmm. I pull up to TSA. I just give them my um, I just put my fingertip, my fingerprints on there. They know it's me. I sh- I scan my boarding pass, and then I get to go straight into TSA. Oh, um, so you fly a lot? I mean, I'm f- starting to fly more, but also it's only fifty bucks for students, and so I flexed on them real mm. quick and went in. Okay, but that's a helped, major flex move. It helped me catch my. Fl- I talked about this on the last podcast. But it helped me catch my flight because I got to go scan in quicker. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to just get right onto my – or just go right through TSA. They checked my bag still, but it was I was pushed up in line. So it was a blessing. That's awesome. Blessing, bro. So, That's awesome. Great. So Enjoy this it. other – the other night, as we switch topics, thank yeah. you for the advice on the flight. I appreciate it. I'm nervous, <laughs> but I'm ready. Um, as – the national championship unfolded. LSU won. The get, the get, the get. Old Dale Beckham Jr. went to LSU. Mm-hmm. He shows up to the game. They win. He starts handing money to the players after the game. Cash. Take wads of hundreds out of his pocket. He's counting big bills and he's slapping players' hands. You know the, you know the drug deal handshake where they put the money in the hand. You know what I'm talking about. Drug deal handshake. <laughs> so – Tell me how you feel about that. How do you feel about Odell Beckham, NFL superstar, $25 million man, handing out money to college players after winning the national championship? Uh, well, when I heard a report that it was fake money. Oh, so it wasn't real. I heard – I mean, that's what that, that's that's what the streets are saying. But I also heard a report, a report 
I heard a report from Joe Burrow on part of my take that it was real money, that the money was real. This is coming from the quarterback. This is coming from QB1. Yeah, I mean, I don't – obviously, it's like – I think that's an NCAA thing. But I'm always confused on why you don't like – like when NBA or NFL players, they give the whole team cleats. How is that not a – um? how is that not a violation? NFL? No, to college kids. Like, OBJ gave everyone – LeBron James and Odell Beckham, they gifted the cleats to LSU that they wore. So, I, it's just – I don't – I feel like giving out wads of money is the same thing as getting some cleats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that, MB, that, that, that NCAA rule where you're not allowed to receive anything as an athlete or else you're looked at as like somebody recruiting something and that's against the rules. I think that that, that is kind of baloney. Yeah. Um, Cause it goes back to the guy who needed to fly his girlfriend out. So somebody bought her a ticket and he paid the guy back and still got in trouble for it. You know, that, that was Wiseman, right? Uh, was that, is that who it was? Uh, yeah, no, I know you're talking about. No, it was, it was Chase recently. Young. Wasn't it Chase Young? Chase. It was Chase Young. Yeah. He had to fly his girlfriend out and, um, they paid for the ticket and he paid the person back and still ended up getting in trouble for it. And it's like, guys, he, but because he's an athlete for the NCAA, it doesn't matter. It's like you are looked at as somebody receiving something to get bribed to go somewhere. And that's not legal. So I think it's, they have the rules for a reason, yeah. but OBJ is not a person recruiting somebody. He's not telling Joe Burrow, Hey, yo, come play for the Browns. He's just like, I went to LSU. Here's my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. I was double-sided to that. But he also drank a lot that night. Oh, that boy was turned up. And so he went into the locker room. You ready for this? Hmm. There was a police officer in that locker room. And I, I'm, I'm guessing somebody on that team was doing something illegal because he was yelling at one of the players, right? So as he's sitting there, he's screaming at one of the players, Odell Beckham, and there's a video of it, Smacks the cop on the butt and oh, then starts no, dancing and yelling in the cop's face. No, he does As like a distraction, saying like, hey, get off of that kid. He just won a national championship. Kid you not. Smacked him in the butt. Turned no, around no, no, no. and started dancing. That's phenomenal. It was classic. That is amazing. I'm actually going to it up right now. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think about like Odell Beckham Jr.? Because if it was me. If I walked in there and I smacked that cop in the butt, I would have been tossed to the ground no, in handcuffs. You're, you're I would have been walked. Bro. Exactly. I would have been walked out of the stadium saying you can never come back here again, if not in jail. But it's Odell Beckham. So he probably gets a little bit of leniency. Dude, I got to find I know this is bad audio, but I got to find this video. Find it, dude. Are you serious? No, seriously. Oh, here it smacks, is. Here. smacks the cop here on the butt. Make sure there's no cuss words in it. Uh, so he was drinking alcohol. Or at least it looks like. Looks like it. He's probably right? not. Gatorade bottle. Who knows what he's drinking? He's probably not of age. Probably not of age. Odell Beckham's behind the cop right now. Smacks his butt. Oh, my goodness. And then starts dancing at him. It's but it calls a complete dis- distraction to to what that student was doing on the bench. Whatever he was doing on the bench was illegal. He was about to get in trouble. Yo, can you think of how much clout Odell Beckham has to smack a cop and the cop just turns <laughs> around, looks at him, and turns away? Crazy, right? 
But you see how Odell crazy Beckham, is that? Although Beckham was thought he was gonna get shot for a second. You see him, bro. Oh, yeah, he got scared for a little bit. <laughs> he got scared. I was I was thinking like in my mind the cop was gonna turn around. Hey, put your hands behind your back, you know. But it's Odell Beckham. What do you do? Oh, so this is what it says. It says uh, he tried to arrest LSU players for smoking cigars in the locker room after they beat Clemson to win the national championship on Monday. Before you ask, yes, that's Dodo Beckham Jr. giving the cop a love tap. <laughs> How crazy is that, dude? Like, he gets away with that, too. Like, he doesn't go to jail for oh, smacking the cop we the did butt. that, we're dead. That's what I'm saying. Someone said, what a great role model for these young men in the LSU locker room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those comments. It's funny how, how often I watch a video. And before I could even finish the video, I go read what the comments say just to yeah. see how many people are on what side of the video, like somebody fighting or someone arguing or, you know, like cops getting into some kind of debacle with society. And you read the comments and you're like, this cop was so in the wrong. Or you read the comments and you're like, this cop was so on the right. And you just, you're like, oh, okay. What would I have commented on that video? Is it, kind of is thing? it illegal to smoke a cigar? It's not illegal to smoke cigars, but 21, you got to be 20 not, 21 now to buy tobacco. So I don't know if that's why they were tripping, uh, but I don't I, think you can I, have smoke in the locker rooms. So. I've uh, never seen, though, which was, this was weird to me, is I've never seen so many players, even pro, I mean, even pro level smoking cigars. That must be a new thing, cause like, not football. I've seen it in baseball when they win. Yeah, I seen I seen baseball, but in college, or even yeah. college for sure. College, like, college, never. I've never like, seen it in college. This is my first time ever seeing Joe Burrow was sitting on a couch like a grown man smoking well, a cigar last night. So Joe Burrow's twenty four. Yeah, he's older than Lamar Jackson. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know how college worked out for him, but that's basically what they said. And so he, um, yeah, so he can do it, but. Because he, he got the swag, but, yeah, all I'm saying is that's some NFL player privilege because, you know, me and you are dead on the spot. Come on. Maybe not dead, but, hey. Something's hey, happening, right? Something's happening. <laughs> Sir, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> you. I see that it was in our notes, and now that you brought it up, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But, man – I've been – so LSU won, fantastic. But honestly, like, there's been a lot of, like, stuff on entertainment, and I watched it, and I'm sure you watched it, so I'm thinking about it, is the Kevin Hart documentary. Yes. So before we get into our more serious topics or whatever you want to call it, I want to talk about this, what the Kevin Hart documentary, um, thoughts on it, what you enjoy, what you didn't enjoy. I like how hard the guy works. He is dedicated to his craft. He is he is good at making sure his family is taken care of. The one thing I did not like about Kevin Hart um, and, and the whole cheating scandal was that he blamed his boys for the fact that he got caught. Right? Like he's he's telling his boys, like, hey, um, Y'all weren't there with me. This is the reason why I'm in this situation. And I think at some point you got to take responsibility for your actions. Um, I think at some point you got to say, hey, I made a mistake. I messed up. It won't happen again. He did do that, but then he proceeded to say, 
but I also didn't have my guys with me. And, and I don't know, I don't even know where to begin to, to like dive into that story and say like, is he in the right for saying he didn't have his guys with him? Maybe there's a system. Maybe that's just how him and his crew rolls, but you, you gotta, you gotta take ownership. You gotta own that one. That's on yeah, you 100%. You on that one. Yeah. I think I also, so I love Kevin Hart and I love his, like you said, his craft. I do think that his documentary gives way too much to the hustle culture hmm. because man, I look at Kevin Hart's life and I'm like, bro, like I get it. He's way bigger than me, right? Like way bigger than me. More people yeah. are asking stuff from him. But I sit and look. I really hope a kid doesn't look at this and goes, that's the life I want. Because what they're going to figure out soon is that they, uh, they're they dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, Kevin, and Kevin Hart has a different motor, right? Like there's some people in like that we know, like it, I like to think of it as like camp Nate. Like when I'm at summer camp, I just have a different motor. I, I, I go different. I hit different. Yep. I can go without sleep. I, kids going to learn about Jesus and I don't care when they need to hear about it. And that's like summer or camp Nate. But man, I just think the hustle culture is a little bit toxic in it. And huh. I agree with you in that of like, he was like, where were my boys at? And we we're like, Hey bro, just don't kiss other women. And <laughs> exactly like 100%. If you, just keep your lips to yourself. You'd be fine. I was like, I was like, I can a hundred percent hang out with a, have another female in the room and not be like, I, you know, I got to kiss her. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so it was confusing to me how, yeah. Cause that'd be the same thing. If like, uh, you know, a pastor fell and then he was like, man, I just didn't have my people with me. And they were, we were all like, bro, you had a choice. Come yep. on now. <laughs> yep. So. I'm with you on that one, bro. But I think overall it was good. I thought it was funny. And I think it's good to see Kevin Hart's heart. But mm -hmm. I do think that, um, I think another thing about the show overall is that we figure out that he, um, how much he cares for family, which I think is. Yeah, really man, cool. he's a huge, huge family guy. So, but I do think he, his office relationship, I think they did not do a good job with that because it looks like everyone doesn't like him. <laughs> well, I think that I think that in that sense, he had a lot of backlash because of um, the gay comments. And, and yeah, if my yeah. son was gay, I'd take a dollhouse and bash it over his head. Well, you got you got people that work for you that are gay. Right. And so. Now they're looking back on this, which, which in my eyes, they knew who he was before they started working with him, before they got hired by him. They knew exactly who he was. They knew what he had said. So that's on them for working. But Kevin Hart is true to himself. So he didn't do an apology tour because he said those jokes true to who he was back then. Same thing with Eddie Murphy, Bernie Mac. Those guys are true to who they were when they said those things. Yeah. So now that it's more in the light and it's out there and because there was gay people back then, and I don't mean to touch on that. I don't, I don't want to like make anybody offended, but there was people back then that like the same sex as people now that like the same sex. It's just openly out now because it's legal. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the part where I 
I guess I disagree with you on is I think even though they might know him, I think he, I think when he was talking to his, that one woman, um, that was like really hurt. And it seemed like he was just like, you know, like, sorry about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there has to be intention. Like, like you said, like also old tweets, like old stuff, 2012. And I don't care especially when he was a younger comedian and was becoming the biggest guy ever. I think we can't really judge by those things. Like it's hard. Like you're, you've seen the tweets when they're like, look what this person said in high school. And you're yeah. like, they were, who am I right now? Yeah. Like who am I? I was 14 years old. Who am I right now? Yeah. So I'm, I'm with Kevin Hart in the, in the, in the lane of like, look who he is now. Look who he yeah. champions. Look who he's for. And while he might have beliefs, which we're not trying to touch at the end of the day, he was tweeting as a what was funny then because everyone thought certain things were funny then yeah. 20 or 30 or 40 years ago that aren't funny now and especially yeah. in this cancel culture world i think everyone's quick to cancel kevin hart and then we don't realize what some other people say behind closed doors but i'm not going to rant all i'm saying is we got to watch how quick we jump on people like kevin hart yeah because he's just human he ain't jesus no, i agree but the, the fact that he has that voice to the community, yeah, um, you know, and he's one of the biggest stars making people laugh, but also they're making kid movies. It's like, are we going to now support this guy who is now making Jumanji movies, but also said something about throwing a dollhouse on a gay kid. So it just, it, it, it all, it all is like super, super tough. But Kevin Hart is, I think, unapologetic, unapologetic for who he was. Uh, for a reason yeah that's just who he was at the time yeah and it's just i just struggle when we go back and what is that nine years ago now i just think it's i just find it so hard when we go back when whether he was what how old was he then 30 20 30 yeah 30 i think he's 40 what 39 now so yeah probably yeah so again he's 29 28 not a young man yeah but that's kind of when his career blew up yeah. So you can see him saying anything he wants because he's untouchable. Yep. And I think about me in high school, like my old tweets and old stuff. Like I haven't deleted them and I'm scared to go back because I probably said some dumb stuff. Probably like some dumb stuff. And like, I agree. That'd be like if someone went back and said, Hi, can Nate be a person that works for this organization? It's like I was, first off, I wasn't saved. <laughs> you know, like, and speaking in our context, I wasn't saved. I didn't know who Jesus was. Yep. And you're judging me by who I am. You're judging me by the standards that I live to now from an old way of life. Yep. That's what our world does. We can have a whole nother episode about cancel culture because I hate it. But we should definitely talk about that because that's huge. It's, I mean, it's just so toxic. It's just, I mean, I'm a, I watch a lot of YouTube and I like a lot of stuff and, I mean, you say one thing and your that mistake defines you now. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's not, especially as Jesus people, like, hey, remember the grace that the God of the universe showed you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a scientist here, but. Uh... <laughs> I mean, let's just look back to that grace. So, so good. So good. Yeah. Hey, bro. All I know is that we got to show some grace and speaking of grace and speaking of uh, some power when we show grace to people, 
we're going to hop into our um, our second part of our episode where we're going to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. We're going to give some shout outs and then we'll have some announcements uh, and then our leadership thoughts. So real quick, we're going to take a break. Check out this ad. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back in a couple seconds. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Yes, Jesus yeah. is the only one. MLK. Mm. MLK Day is on Monday. Uh, yeah. And every year MLK Day comes around. I think even with Black History Month approaching, um, I think this time this time of year, you get to thinking about like what life was for them back in the day because there's so much that happens. You get to thinking about um, you know, what our people went through then and then where we are now. I mean, you, you think of like, we can go on and on about the black culture and how far we have come. Um, but but with MLK Day approaching, Nate, I just want to hear some thoughts. What are your thoughts about um, MLK this year? What are, what are some plans you got? What's up? Um, favorite quote. I My last MLK episode was uh, pretty powerful, I feel like, last year. Um, and we'll do the same thing. We're gonna, we're gonna put a quote, or we've already played an audio clip. We're gonna play of just him saying one of his something from a speech he's had, and because I think it's powerful. And my favorite quote from MLK is, "It is in cruel jest to tell a bootless man that he ought to pick himself up by his bootstraps." Hmm. And I just love that quote because it's, I mean, it's the world, right? We have a bunch of people of privilege and power. We're telling people who don't have privilege, who don't have power, who don't have anything, and we're telling them to pick themselves up, even mm. though they're unable to. And so I just think we need to serve and love well. Uh, I yep. love this idea I've been hearing of it's a day on, not a day off. Yep. So a lot of people are like, oh, we up through day weekend, let's go. But a lot of workplaces don't care. They work on that day. Yeah. Um, but I'm you, working Monday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And but when I talked to a lot of people, they said, no, if my person of color, and that sounds terrible, but if my employee who is a person of color um, decided to take that day off, I wouldn't be mad because I see the power of, um, of it. But I feel like if you do get the day off, uh, you better serve somebody. You better well, show someone the love that an MLK showed. And I think it's so crucial that we have to understand this. MLK hated very few, or I'd say zero people. He was not yep. violent. And yes, there's a lot of background to all of it, but he stood for the white person, the Asian American, the Pacific Islander, the Latino, like the Native American. He walked with all the Muslims so that all could be seen under this dream. So when I think about MLK, I just think about the way he used his voice to lift up others who didn't have boots. What about wow. you, bro? So my favorite quote from Martin Luther King is, the time is always right to do what is right. Mm. Um, and, and I think, I think that that could be played in so many ways because, um, because of where we came from, because of who we were, um, uh, the right thing wasn't always done. Um, mm. 
And, and I think that, um, and, and that sense of violence, um, an eye for an eye or a revenge has a lot to do with the time is right to always do what's right. Yeah. Meaning because you spit on me, I'm not going to spit back. Right. It's the turn the other cheek method. Like I feel like, um, just because I'm talked down to on social media, if I'm, if, if I'm black, that it's not the right time for me to jump down somebody's throat, right? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and, and see how I can invest into you so we can become uh, one or, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah. um, I think it, I think it has multiple different meanings. Um, and, and I think he was always, like you said, a nonviolent person. So he, he, he spoke on peace. And I think um, another big thing that you said, I agree with is, is if you do have Monday off, um, and you're listening to this podcast, whether you're a student or, or a leader or, or a pastor, I think you need to serve, um, whether that be, you know, going to talk to some people who are homeless or uh, whatever the case may be, but you got to do what is right because the time is always right to do what's right. So, um, time is always right to do what is right. Yeah. I mean, that was one of, one of the greatest quotes I heard in high school. It stuck with me ever since then. And I think it's, I wouldn't say it's the reason I'm safe now, but every time it comes around to this time, I think of that quote. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that brings me back to the day that I heard it and it's stuck with me ever since, you know? So That's good, man. And I think that's powerful. It's like, we always, we're always waiting. I've, I've, I mean, I think of it as we, we're always waiting for the next person to do it and the next person to do what is right. But like you said, like the best time to do something right is now. Yeah do it now and yeah i think about and so bro that's powerful i think that's powerful and i think that can lead us straight to our shot to at least my shout out because my shout out is um about other activists today and people who are uh, lifting up people today and are doing what is right now Um, Mm. and i don't think just an activist is a person who's like rightly regarded as an activist but the people i know in my community people who are in their communities lifting people who are oppressed out of that oppression and you know what i mean bro it's like i think i i remember the other day nipsey hustle nipsey hustle right come yeah. on he i mean he time he was known in his city for lifting people up out of i mean he <laughs> he gentrified his own city have you heard this uh no i didn't hear about this so what he, was this um, so his community, right? So gentr- gentrification, uh, when people come in and are, and are flipping things so that they can serve their own needs and their own values, not worrying about the people who are actually in those communities. Mm-hmm. And so what Nipsey Hussle did is he went into his own hood and gentrified it and made it so black communities and black uh, businesses, businesses would win. And so he gentrified his own hood so that his hood could win. And it's powerful to think about um, when you think about how his, how his hood, how his people won. And he, you know, his quote, the marathon continues, uh, lives true day, day in, day out. So I just think, I, I'm just thankful for activists like him. People might look at him as like, a, oh, he, he was a thug or he was this, but no, he was helping change his community and change uh, just like MLK was doing, so. Yep. Yeah, man. What about you, bro? What's your, what's your shout out game looking like? Oh, wow. You, well, you just uh, taught me on the shout out list. So um, mine is mine was a little more personal. 
Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to someone who uh, really deserves it in my life. Um, my girlfriend. Um, I don't think she has enough people in her world right now that, that shout her out for, for what she's doing. Um, and, and just to sum it up in, in small terms, uh, she's a full-time student and she's working. Um, um, and, and she's just killing it in life. I mean, she gets one day off a week. Um, and, uh, and she finds time to, to still love on me and, and her family. And, and I, I'm just so thankful for that girl. I wouldn't know what to do without her, uh, because day in and day out, she's teaching me how, how beneficial it is to work hard, um, and be a better worker and a provider in a relationship. So shout out to you, Jordan Ripley. You're the greatest person ever. I love you. Um, come on. But yeah, man, uh, that's my shout out. I love loving on people. So that's why I, I, I think we created that shout out list because I feel like every week somebody deserves to get loved on. And if we can do it, then, then why not? So yeah. announcements. Announcements. Yeah. So um, the announcements we have is we're not doing video for now. Um, we tried it. And Talyn is sad, but he ain't really sad. Uh, not really. It was more of like a... It was anyway. right, right now is more of a hassle. And so I thought it would work. And our first video did kind of well. And then after that, they kind of just went down. And so if there's more of a want for video, then we will get back to it. But for right yeah. now, uh, we're doing straight audio. And I know there's been a lot of change in what we've been doing. But I think this is going to be is we're going to be every Thursday. Um, and then we'll do no video. We'll just do audio from now on. Yep. So that's the goal. Slight promo drop right here for all my listeners i am dropping a another podcast called 210 um and it's also going to come with merchandise um so clothing is going to drop first the podcast probably won't won't release until summertime um because i'm going to have all episodes recorded before they drop um so i can just plug and play yeah um but then um the merchandise comes out in um, spring. So we're going to drop hats. We're going to drop T-shirts. Um, and I just want the thought to be out there to start looking for it. Nate, obviously, everything you get is going to be free. Um, and we're just going to do some – we're going to do some fun giveaways, and I'm excited for that. So Damn, be ready for that 210, 210 merchandise, baby. 210 podcast, baby. Let's go. Dang, look at you. That's tight. Come on. That's awesome. Um, all right, bro. What's our what's our leadership thought? What we what we what we thinking about? Our leadership thought tonight is worship. Hmm. Sometimes we forget how important it is for us to not only worship while we're you know in church and 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 I think that I think that sometimes as leaders when we are there, our mindsets are focused on um, each other, right? Yeah. So. We show up to the church and we hang out with each other. And while the kids are worshiping, we kind of stand in the back and communicate, talk, maybe talk about what's going on uh, throughout the night. But I think it's the most critical thing for us to dive in as worshiping is as worship is happening because it gives us the spirit to lead the students. Right. It gives us the spirit to to walk up to a kid and then lay hands on them and pray. And I think. Not everybody does this, but it's a reminder that worship is powerful. Worship is important. Um, I think that worship is one of those things where you surrender your heart to God 
um, and you're saying, Jesus, I don't know what tonight looks like, but you do. So I'm going to worship you, surrender in our hands, and you're going to give me your words that I need to speak to one of these students in here or one of these leaders in here or my pastor in here or whatever the case may be. And I I saw this quote today and it says, if you do not worship, you will never experience God. Hmm. And I think, I think it's a play on words, meaning if we don't worship because that's the time we are spending with God, surrendering our hearts, we won't experience what he has for us. We won't experience how he can change the lives of other people around us or how he can bring words into our heart to change us. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wanted to break that down just a little bit. What do you think about worship when it comes to worshiping? How do you worship and what does that look like for you on a Sunday night at youth? Yeah, I think, I think most of all, I think we have to, I think the American church has an issue uh, with worship because we only think worship is music. And it's not only music. And I think what you're saying is kind of has that heart of like, what, like how, when you said, how do you worship? There's so many different ways people can worship. Now, obviously music's a part of that and a huge part of it with contemporary worship or whatever you want to call it. But I also think <laughs> like I worship by lifting. I'm like that's how I praise God mm-hmm. by working out. And because it's time where, I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm focused on working out and just being with Jesus. And people think I'm crazy, but that's how I spend time with Jesus. Um, I worship God by being mindful. Um, So this morning uh, I woke up and I didn't get out of bed. I just laid there, eyes wide open, and just like took deep breaths. Becoming, this is going to sound super weird, but like listening to what God had for me for the day. No, that's not weird at all. I knew today was going to be a long day. I knew today was going to be a, a crazy day. And I had to sit and go, Lord, what do you have for me? How can I experience you? Like you said, if you don't worship, you'll never experience God. How can I experience you right now? How can I worship you right now so that I can feel your presence throughout the day? And so I think, I think we, I, t- I say problem very lightly. I just think with, you in the youth of the nation realm i think a lot of students when they hear worship they go okay music 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 mm-hmm. yes that's valid and that's good and it is a medium but if kids only think they can worship god when there's an instrument in the background i think we're in trouble i don't know what you think but i think i think we're going to be in trouble if kids only think they can praise god when there's an instrumental and a track playing in the background i i think that's a huge problem i think that's a problem that um, a lot of the youth groups in this city alone has is is um, even with the music that's being played at church. Yes, it's 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 eye catching, it's ear catching, it's it's the stuff that gets people in the door. But um, growing up, I've never been to a church where we worship, and then after church, I hear Chance the Rapper in the in the lobby, along with the uh, uh, baby or Selena Gomez, you know, and, and I understand, I understand that it is the thing that gets UD or whatever church you go to popping. I get it. But, um, once we do that, we take the eye off of what literally happened 10 minutes ago and we put it back to the thing that they're used to. So right away they are exposed to worship music, which they think is just music. And then they hear secular music, which they think is just music. 
So it, it's wow. so quick. We're so quick to, to change the perspective. And I'm not trying to make any youth pastor or youth leader feel bad or anybody change their method. But what I'm trying to get at, huh? I said, no, feel bad. You're doing no sugar. You're amazing. We love you. But what I'm, what I, okay, okay. So maybe I am saying it wrong, but what I'm trying to say is, is let's change the dynamic of how we play music after church. I've noticed since it was said not to play Billie Eilish anymore, we've not played Billie Eilish anymore. We've played less of secular music and more hip hop, Christian rap. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. More stuff that's going to get people dancing that they don't even know who the artist is, but they like the beat. That kind of stuff is cool. But when we start playing the baby and we start playing these artists that all right, my church listens to that, then how are you going to tell the kids not to listen to that music and listen to worship music? But this is what we're playing after church service. I feel like our hearts have to be redirected when it comes to worship. So when worship's over, we're back to playing things that are clean and, and beneficial towards the students, whatever. I don't know. No, but in, worship bro. is important. I feel like we got to get back into the groove of showing God that if we do not worship you, we are miserable without you. Mm. Um, and I think the topic that I wanted to close with is that if we do not worship God, we're miserable without him because I know in my life when I'm facing any kind of trial, any kind of trouble that I'm facing, if it's something anxiety wise, if it's something that's going on with, with work, with my relationships, with, with anything, I put on worship music and I pray. And, in, and I'm not saying it's like an immediate feeling that comes over me where I'm calm, but I know that I'm going to be all right. Yeah. Right. At the end of it, I know that I'm going to be okay. And I think that if we all can, can, if we all can continually jump into worship music, knowing that God's got our back, that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. That's good. It's good, bro. He made us, he made us simply to be in relationship with him. Yeah. And so if we, I feel like in experiencing that relationship, we're going to worship. We need to worship God. Yep. And, 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 in everything. And so you're right. Like we're, we're confusing some people like, Hey, gee, you know, you know, reckless love of God. And then it's like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think I, maybe the, maybe, hold on. Let me sit up. <laughs> Relation. We're, we're trying maybe too hard to relate to kids. Hmm. that we might even be forgetting the spirit in that relation. And so, I don't know. Like, I just think, and, and, and that's not, that's me too. Like, I'm like guilty because mm -hmm. I think so often I'm like, all right, how are kids going to relate to this? That I'm even saying, I'm not even asking how kids are going to experience God in this. And so I'm like, how are kids just going to think we're cool? Not how kids are going to fall in love with God. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's me. I know I've done that. I know I've been guilty of that before. And I just, I think you're right, bro. Worship starts with the heart and it's an overflow of our experience with God. Yeah. So yeah. others can catch that overflow. For sure, man. Hey, that's good, bro. Hey, you came with that heater. Try to. I try to. I love worship. And I was just thinking about that for the last week. Um, I was super excited to share last, last week, but our snow differences and stuff just did not work for us. So yeah, um, it was last week was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Especially with you being in Florida and whatnot. Hey, you know, I was just doing, you know, just a crazy work trip, bro. Nope. <laughs> All business, dog. You know what I'm saying? 
Some slight. Get a load of this guy. Some slight. You know, just had to work so hard. But <laughs> some slight. <laughs> some slight. Hey, Talent, thank you so much, bro. Thanks for that leadership topic, man. That's that's some good stuff. Super excited for your two ten podcast. I see you out here. Yeah, man. It's just gonna be um, an episode with um, some sort of leader, youth pastor, worshiper, um, and then people in my world that I don't go to church with. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to be talking about topics of, um, you know, what they do in their world and, and what they believe in and, and kind of just diving into who they are as people and, and why it's important to love them. Everybody. It's just a, it's just a, yeah. it's a, the, the, the thought of it is about making masterpieces out of everybody. And so everyone is a masterpiece Ooh. created by Jesus. And yeah. um, I was going to name the podcast masterpiece, but Ephesians 2.10 has a verse where it talks about being a masterpiece and being created by did. God. I see so, what you did there. 2.10, baby. You know, okay. I'm coming. You know, I'm coming out. You know, gang, gang. Yep, now we're canceled. Cancel culture. We've done it. We're throwing up gang signs. Oh, oh No more video. They can't tell. It's okay. They couldn't tell. They wouldn't have even known, Nate. They wouldn't have known. Sorry, bro. No, I snitched on us. All right. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's of the Youth of the Nation podcast. Of course, always know that share us, uh, follow us on social media because um, that's starting to get going again. I finally found like a f- my favorite font. And so it's looking nice. I've seen you using it. <laughs> you know I've seen what I'm that. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys again for so much for listening for our, to our crazy topics about OBJ smacking cops on the butt and or us focusing on what our heart is and how we need to stay close and worship our God. And that if we don't worship, we'll never experience God. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy your week. It's Wednesday. This is dropping on Thursday. I can't wait. Let's go. Oh, till then, hit him with the outro. Jesus is the only one. Right, so guys, peace. Peace. <laughs>